Welcome, lovely listeners, to the Happily Ever Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Dodaro, and I'm thrilled to have you with me today. Whether you're a first-time investor, a seasoned pro, or somewhere in between, you're in the right place. So buckle up and let's dive into the fascinating world of real estate. And today we are discussing a category of real estate that is non-conventional, and that is short-term rentals or commonly known in the marketplace as Airbnb or VRBO. Is this a good investment? The numbers would say yes. The courses online and all over social media would say yes. But is it really? Well, it can be, but let me explain. Over the course of the pandemic, Airbnbs were doing amazing business, far surpassing traditional long-term rentals. And by definition, a short-term rental is all or part of a dwelling unit rented out for less than 28 consecutive days in exchange for payment. And that's right off the City of Toronto's website. So why are prices dropping? Well, it's simple. Demand is down and competition is up. Many investors saw an opportunity to buy an Airbnb over the last two, three years and with cheap money went out and did it. So without considering the future viability of this asset class. In the midst of the pandemic, I was hearing a lot about short-term rentals and how well people were doing with them. And trust me, I experienced it firsthand myself in March 2022, after we were in the midst of the pandemic, but sort of towards the end, travel restrictions were lifted here in Ontario and we were finally able to travel. So we booked an Airbnb, my family and I, for the March break. We touched down in sunny Florida. We pulled up to the house that we just rented. And I instantly said to my wife, I said, look, we have to buy an Airbnb property because I know what I just spent on it. It was, if I remember correctly, it was around nine to 950 per night. Now, granted, we did get a detached house, private pool, steps to the ocean, great neighborhood in uh, Southwest Florida. So, and at that point we hadn't traveled for like a year and a half. So it was uh, well worth the expense, but we go probably two, three times a year to Florida. You know, the kids love it. Feels like home. We know, you know, what restaurants to go to, the streets. Heck, we even made friends down there. So for us, it makes total sense to invest in one of these types of properties. However, as we emerge from the pandemic life and settle into a new normal, investors are questioning the sustainability of this asset class. Is the additional effort and management worth it? What's happening with booking numbers and why are they showing a downward trend in Airbnb popularity? Well, it was fueled by travel restrictions and largely the work from home phenomena. Many people believe that these changes were permanent, leading people to migrate to different areas of the world to work so long as they had access to a computer and Wi-Fi. That was all you needed. But things are changing. Recent statistics suggest that a return to office is on the rise. And most people that I talk to on a day-to-day basis are back to work three or four days a week. And some even full-time now, full five days a week, they're in the office. All you have to do is just look at the traffic trends, particularly in rush hours. Traffic seems to be getting worse and worse daily. And also, you know, the rush hours are starting from two, three o'clock, you can't even get on the DVP going northbound. So definitely this trend is reversing. So why the drop in bookings? Well, bookings on average for short-term rentals are down 
roughly around 50% across the US and Canada. Economic indicators are pointing towards a potential recession. Everything is getting more expensive. Food, gas, rent. And couple that with the freedom to travel worldwide is now a reality. And by the way, can I just say that bookings used to have to be done usually six to eight months before to get a really great property or was you're just left with houses and condos that nobody wanted because they weren't as nice. But I am probably a month out from my next trip to Florida and there's tons available. In fact, there's nicer houses than I've ever seen before for less money. And, you know, when you make an inquiry on Airbnb and you, you know, you send them a message saying, hey, can I get the house for, let's say, X amount of dollars? They'll say, uh, they'll negotiate with you. You'll have that negotiation, you'll come to a price, and then you kind of leave it for a couple of days. They'll actually respond and reach out again a couple of days later, saying, hey, are you still inter- interested in this property? Quite amazing. Like they actually seem very desperate because their house isn't booked and it's a month away and it's a gorgeous property in most cases. Like they're really, really nice properties that would have leased out very quickly on a short-term basis. Like last year, a year, two years ago, they would have, we would have never had a, an opportunity to get a house like of, of this caliber, but they're desperate now and they're, they just want to, because this is the peak season. This is the, call it the week before Christmas the week after Christmas and the week after New Year's. Like that's the three weeks. That's like prime money making time. And they are desperate. Most of them. I mean, some have rented out. There's a couple that we have our eyes on. They're reducing the price, reducing the price. So there is a little bit of desperation on the owner's part. And I think it's great for for us who's been who've been paying this uh premium for the last last couple of years and, and now so we're going to get a little bit of that money back. Well, theoretically, we're going to get a little bit of that money back now. So so anyway, it's all to say is that times are changing and the market is shifting. So today we find ourselves in a situation where demand is decreasing and competition is on the rise. More and more investors saw this as a get-rich-quick scheme, particularly due to the issues that we face here in Ontario with landlord-tenant board. By short-term renting your property, you can avoid all of the rules that apply to traditional rental properties that makes it very attractive. Plus, everyone was talking about all the money they made. Heck, people were making money off the courses that teach you how to make money on Airbnb. It was totally wild. What can possibly go wrong here? Well, many things. The due diligence process was thrown out the window with the low interest rate environment with the attitude to buy anything. I can't tell you how many times I heard people say, just buy anything. And that was the sentiment out there. And now investors, two, three years later, find themselves in difficult spots with expensive properties and low rates of return. This asset class has become controversial as governments react to the success of the short-term rentals. Landlords profiting from this market are facing scrutiny and governments are taking measures. Today, the government can't build enough housing to keep up with the immigration levels here in Canada. So the low-hanging fruit to go after is the short-term rental market to make it appear as though you are doing something proactive, such as banning short-term rentals to address the housing crisis. So in Vancouver, they just banned Airbnb outright. And here in Ontario, they just put in place restrictions on how 
an owner can claim expenses. I can bet you what is coming next. Most likely a full out ban here in Ontario as well. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong, but it just seems to be trending that way. And it's not good for investors. But what will it amount to? So what to what end are we doing this for? It is a drop in the bucket in terms of adding new rental stock to the market. I read a stat the other day that said that in Canada, we have 18,000 short-term rentals in all of Canada in three major markets, Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto. Assuming that half of those houses get put back on the market, because I can bet you the other half are going to do something different with it. Either they're going to sell or they're going to self-occupy, but not all 18,000 are going to come back into the long-term traditional rental market if you ban Airbnb across the board. So let's say half of them come back to the market. Is 9,000 houses or properties across three major markets going to do anything in terms of adding housing when you have 500,000 immigrants coming to Canada every year? The answer is no. So moving on, let's get into the FAQ or the fuck part of the show where I answer questions that surround the topic that we're discussing. So let's get into the first question, and it is, is Airbnb dead? It's a great question. I would say yes and no. Let me explain. In Canada, it's becoming increasingly challenging to turn a profit due to new regulations and government scrutiny. It seems that short-term rentals have caught the government's attention and there's determination to regulate and in some cases vilify this asset class. So the only way I can see this really working out well is if the less reputable operators decide to sell and exit the market, it might create an opportunity for the more compliant operators. However, it's likely to be an uphill battle. The days of easy money in this sector may be behind us. I would say almost definitely they are behind us. So that's what I would say about that. Let's get into our second question. Where would you recommend to invest in a short-term rental? So if I was advising my clients, a strategic move, in my opinion, would be to explore opportunities outside of Canada where Airbnb regulations might not be as stringent. Look for highly visited destinations close to attractions such as beaches, ski hills, or other points of interest. Based on my two decades in real estate, I've seen that when the government intervenes in real estate policy, particularly in Canada, it tends to have an adverse effect on investors. To give you an example, I experienced this firsthand back in 2017. So I had three houses that I was renovating at the time consecutively. And I was literally two weeks from hitting the market. And the liberals at the time, they implemented a 16-point housing plan. So a lot of people were worried that this was going to crush the market. And it literally came out and my property, you know, they made the announcement. And two weeks later, my house came on the market. My house was top to bottom best in its class. It was gutted from gutted from top to bottom, as I said, fully renovated with an addition. It was literally the the best product on the market at the time. And it was the most aggressively priced. We priced it well so we can move it. So we had the like the appetite for buying real estate was still there. And the showings would demonstrate that we had probably around 40, 45 showings in a matter of like less than 30 days, but no offer. And we had double showings, people coming back two and three times, no offers. 
So what they did was they, you know, the measures that they had put in place basically put a little bit of fear into the buyers and they froze. And so that hurt me as an investor because I couldn't flip my property for what I wanted to. And in the end, I ended up, I think it took me 45 days and somebody offered me a low ball offer with a quick closing. And I actually accepted it for the simple fact is that I had three properties on the go and I could not hold on to any, to, to all three. I was just spending, it was costing me too much money at the time. So I gave up that first property. I, I, I made a little bit of money but not much. And I spent a lot of time and a lot of money. And anyway, I learned my lesson. I really didn't have control over what was going to come down the, down uh, from the liberal government, but did uh, end up screwing me. Uh, I didn't make as much money as I would if I would have you know, made uh, probably a couple hundred thousand dollars more than I did. But regardless, um, lesson learned and we kind of moved on from that one. But it's crucial to avoid investing in an asset class that leaves you vulnerable to government interventions. And that's where I'll, I'll leave that one there. But let's get into question number three, which is what advice would you give an investor who wants to invest in Airbnb? So if you're hell bent on buying an Airbnb property, my advice is to start with a comprehensive pro forma. Develop a spreadsheet of long-term rental assumptions and hard costs. Ensure that the numbers actually make sense and are profitable even in a long-term rental scenario. So if your pro forma demonstrates profitability in both short and long-term scenarios, you've essentially outlined your best and worst case scenario. Avoid solely relying on your best case scenario, which a lot of newbie investors do. You know, they, they, they put in these high rates of return and make their mortgage assumptions, you know, sort of uh, best case scenario, the lowest uh, rate they can go. And, and, and they end up falling short because their pro forma only had one scenario in it. So I would avoid solely relying on your best case scenario as a government intervention can quickly change the game. It is important to be prepared for unexpected challenges by considering a range of outcomes in your investment strategy. And that's probably the best approach you can ever take. I guess to summarize, I think this space is a bit oversaturated by inexperienced investors. And I think that the trends will continue to see bookings decline and prices just soften until we get to a point where bookings and prices make sense again. So be cautious if you're entering this space. So I want to end the podcast with the quote. And the quote is, know what you own and why you own it. And that's by Peter Lynch. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of Happily Ever Investor Podcast is in the books. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you found value in what we discussed and want to dive deeper into the world of real estate investing, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, take care, keep those investment dreams alive, and let's catch up again soon. Happy investing.